Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we've got more news and notes for you all and the reintroduction of our mailbag segment. But quick, a first reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. And if you're watching us on YouTube, welcome. Uh, go ahead and hit subscribe. And uh, you'll never miss whenever we go live and you can, uh, you know, let us know what you like to hear from us and leave us all kind of questions and stuff like that. So I'm ready to dive into more news and notes, Lisa, question mark, and questions. You know, there's a there's a few things yeah. that we got to get into here today a little bit. How are you doing? There are a lot of things we have to talk about. It's funny. Sometimes we don't do news and notes episodes for a little bit uh, just because we have a lot of other things going on or there's not too much news breaking or happening um but there's been a lot happening over the last few days a lot that we have to talk about a lot that we have to dive into and and kind of cover um uh, because as we were talking off mic sandra this challenge cup starts in 10 days from, what, from uh, our recording right now 10 days it's hard to believe because we've been doing a lot of you know the team by team previews that you know for everybody to check out uh so that's been keeping us very very active uh like you said it is march march is officially here so we've been you know spreading our wings a little bit you know we've been doing our title nine tuesdays and uh that has been a lot of fun for us we had a great interview with uh with sam Mewis, and we're branching out into some other areas of sport and we had a interview with coach uh sandy rondello so that was very cool uh and there's going to be more <laughs> that we're going to continue oh, yeah. to do as we continue to to celebrate uh, International Women's Month here and Women's History Month in the month of March. Uh, but uh, there's this, while we're branching out, you know, there's March Madness that's going to be coming up, right? You've got, uh, you know, March Madness coming up for Selection Sunday on March 13th. Uh, and we want uh, attacking third listeners, we want you to actually compete in a bracket challenge game with us. I'll be in there. Lisa Roman will be there. Uh, U.S. Women's uh, National Team star Lori Lindsay will be there. We've got our social media superstar, Sydney, who's going to be there. We're, we're like having everyone come in and participate in this, but we mostly want you. As well, so you can join us at cbsports.com/slash attacking third, and the winner is going to get a hundred dollar gift card to Paramount Plus. But whoever just enters one single pool, I know Lisa, you don't. I know I don't. Uh, we're going to be doing a women's bracket challenge this year. The game works just like the men's, with a chance to win a trip to the 2023 Women's Final Four. Plus, anyone that plays both the men's and the women's challenge brackets will be entered to win a Nissan. Frontiers. So you can head on over cbsports.com slash attacking third, compete in both women's and men's bracket challenges. You get a chance to win a Nissan Rogue in the men's bracket. And you, if you enter both a Nissan Frontier and you get a chance to go to the 2022 final four and 2023 final four. And if you win the attacking third bracket, 
you get the hundred dollar gift card to Paramount Plus. We're like just we're just trying to spread the goodies here. Like, oh my gosh, we're giving out so much for the <laughs> March Madness bracket challenge. I am like so hyped. You have the chance to win two cars. What? Come <laughs> on. Come on. I would, I would love to have just one of those. <laughs> Two cars. Potential to go to this year's Final Four and next year's Final Four in 2023. Um, and $100 Paramount Plus gift card if you win, like, our attacking third bracket. That's the men's and the women's. So, like, either side gets $100 Paramount Plus gift card, which means you get to watch NWSL all season long because all the games will be on paramount plus um yeah we we want you guys to win we want to give you free stuff and and have you i don't know enjoy it but you have to you have to win that's the other thing and i'm in there and i'm pretty competitive so have fun (laughs) (laughs) have fun you said it here lisa okay (laughs) don't start talking smack or like throwing too much banter around right for the people who join us up in this but hundred dollars for paramount plus can go a long way especially yeah you can watch the nwsl games but we got all kinds of great women's soccer content on there as well obviously the qualifiers for Concacaf have been uh taking place uh we'll have the remainder of that kicking off in, in April. We've got uh, FA Women's Super League coming through on Paramount Plus. So there's a lot there. So that, that gift card's going to go a long way to whoever ends up winning that. But um, let's uh, let's take a look uh, ahead here to our news and notes portion. There was something that we wanted to kick off uh, the top of our segment with here. Uh, when the news broke, we actually wanted to take a second um, to just sort of try to process uh, the news because it's very sad news. It's very tragic news. Um, it's the uh, talking about the death of Katie Meyer. She passed away on March 1st. Uh, people probably most familiar with her as uh, the Stanford goalkeeper. There has been a wave of support in light of the news of her death. Um, Orlando Pride in Kansas City Current uh, actually went ahead and honored Katie's life in their preseason scrimmage on March 2nd. Uh, the parents of Katie Meyer, Gina and Steve Meyer, um, going on the Today Show and uh, doing an interview and, and confirming that Katie Meyer's death was a death by suicide. She was 22 years old, a senior majoring in international relations and minoring in history. And uh, again, people are probably most familiar with her in the sports world as a team captain for the Cardinal. Uh, and they she ended up guiding Stanford to a 2019 national championship as a redshirt freshman. Um, but devastating news um, all around to hear it. And uh, we just wanted to take the time to acknowledge that at the top of this episode and uh, send our sincere condolences and uh, also reiterate that uh, If you or someone you know is at risk of suicide, please call the U.S. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at uh, 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text HOME to 741-741 or head on over to speakingofsuicide.com slash resources for additional resources. But um, yeah, absolutely sad news, unfortunately, that we have to start off the new segment with here. Yeah, a heart just constantly breaking for Katie, her family, her friends, her teammates. Um, and we did need to take a minute. I mean, you and I checked in on each other and yeah. and it's not just checking in on your loved ones and your friends and your families and your coworkers, but uh, asking them, are you okay? How are you doing today? Do you have these thoughts? Uh, things like this is just horrible. Um, and and Katie, Katie's story and her life is... Con- consistently and continuously making waves, not just across the sports world, but really across the world over these next few days. So we did want to um, celebrate her life and 
keep her, her family, her teammates, um, her friends in our thoughts here at Attacking Third. And, and I don't know, it's sad, really sad. Yeah, it's uh, it's been tough. And um, yes, not only are we sharing condolences or sending condolences to her immediate family, but also, you know, her extended family and extended friends. You know, yeah. we've been seeing uh, a lot from her former teammates um, and their reaction to the news. I think most notably is... Naomi Germa, you know, who was part of that 2019 uh, Stanford championship run there, um, putting out all kinds of really beautiful and thoughtful um, memorials uh, across their socials to try to commemorate, uh, you know, Katie Meyer in the way that they will always remember her. Um, sort of a, a very bright spot in, in their life. So uh, once again, uh, we just want to reiterate, again, if, if you or someone you know is at risk, please go ahead and seek out the resources. Um, and uh, yeah, just continue to try and uh, be there for each other um, as best as you can. And we're going to try to continue to be there for each other as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself and, and Lisa and try to, you know, do our best to get through uh, the rest of this episode a little bit because there are some things, other things going on in, in the world of women's soccer. It's not just uh, stateside of things. Uh, we also try to keep an eye here on things going on in other facets of the globe. We want to talk a little bit about Vivian Miedema. She uh, made a little bit of history. So that's a little bit of something to celebrate here as well. Uh, first to reach 100 goal contributions in the FAWSL. 70 goals and 30 assists for the Dutch international. Huge, right? A name that we always see on t- whenever we're talking about conversations of like the best, right? Currently yeah. in the women's soccer landscape. Yeah, and 100 goals in one league. I mean, that's incredibly, incredibly impressive. It has been done before, but this this is a forward. Uh, she plays for Arsenal. She's incredibly good. I mean, everyone knows how good she is, but to kind of see her hit this um, this peak of her career and at this point in the season is pretty exciting. I know she was pretty pumped about it, and, and uh, media around the world was kind of excited about this. I was excited to talk about this and kind of see her do that and celebrate it. And her goals are always so fun, Sandra. That's like the other part. They're not just like um, right place, right time, tap-in goals or like good <laughs> movement off the ball goals. They're like incredible soccer goals. I just go watch her highlight reels, like Vivian Miedema, highlight goal reel like fantastic stuff so huge congrats to her 100 goals in the wsl um here's to 100 more let's do it (laughs) i mean look i'm not gonna say it's impossible but i would love to see it i will say that i would just love to love to see it uh yeah we'll see what the forward for arsenal has uh you know still left in her i guess in her arsenal 25 she's 25 years old so plenty of time to get a hundred more. I mean, yeah, easy peasy, right? Like mm-hmm. she already got a hundred now. She can get a hundred in the next, uh, you know, in the next decade. I, I would love to love to see it. Uh, some news back stateside that we got to touch on a little bit. Cindy Parlo Cohn reelected as U.S. soccer president. Uh, reelection for the next four years. Cohn uh, was someone who actually. Uh, was placed uh, in the presidential seat uh, after Carlos Cordero stepped down back in March 2020 um, after kind of his fumbling, right, of the uh, U.S. Women's uh, National Team Discrimination lawsuit, was formerly a vice president and kind of maybe a full circle, our story arc Mm -hmm. to this uh, re-election process. Uh, But it was actually Carlos Cordero who uh, 
ran against Farlow Cohn this year and ended up uh, losing in this uh, election process. So congratulations are in order for Cindy Parlo Cohn, uh, probably making outside of the whole re-election process, right, and having to go head-to-head uh, once again with with Cordero. Probably the most recent headline adjacent to this was was her role and her place uh, in that uh, settlement with the United States mm-hmm. Women's uh, National Team. Yeah, I mean, this is huge, and it's kind of interesting that she only won by 52.9% of the weighted vote. So she didn't really win by a landslide in any means. Uh, But leading up to this election, it's uh, the election is made up of current players like athlete and athlete council who has a percentage of the vote in who becomes the U.S. soccer president. And across social media, players that are on this athlete council were putting out their support um, of Cindy Parlo Cohn saying, I'm going to vote for her. This is who I'm going to vote for, uh, making that really public and really verbal and really well known. So this will be, although she's been the president for the last two years, this will be her first time elected into this role as president and her first four year term, because this will be her first full term that she has because she did slide in um, from vice president into the presidential role after former president uh, stepped down. So I'm kind of excited to see what, changes i don't know yeah. knowing that you have four years at a role and four years to make a change and, and frankly all of the change that she was able to make in just two years at the settlement between u.s soccer and the u.s women's national team uh which most recently has been uh, the most talked about in the u.s soccer u.s women's national team realm of the world the fact that she was able to kind of close that settlement um and, and draw up a conclusion in just two years of that is pretty impressive. Um, We actually got a chance to speak with her along with Poppy Miller on HQ after the settlement came out about kind of what this means for her as a president. And, and I asked her, I was like, does this help your reelection campaign? Um, And she was pretty honest about it. She was like, I don't do things to get reelected. I do things because they need to be done right now. And it's the right thing to do. If, people like it and they want to see more of that, they will reelect her. So now that this has happened, she's been reelected. Um, but that, that conversation around the settlement is still now drafting a CBA between the men's team, the women's team and U.S. soccer. But because Cindy Parlo Cohn is a former player, she's been involved in the settlement conversations over the last few years. Now she will continue to be involved in those CBA conversations. It almost makes for a bit of continuity for all sides because she's going to carry that through for the next four years. But from players' reactions, this is a pretty big win for them. They, they wanted her. They outwardly said they were going to vote for Cindy Parlo Cohn. Um, and and Carlos Cordero, he's lost. So now he's kind of out of the picture, at least for the next four years. At least for now. Right. Yeah. I think it's important um, with you noting kind of the voting process there and that, yes, majority vote. Right. But that it wasn't ex- exactly this sort of landslide victory for Parliament, mm-hmm. which I felt was probably the more interesting kind of storyline coming out of this election process, right? This whole concept of weighted votes versus unweighted yeah. votes and et cetera. It's, it's, um, it's an interesting process to say the least. We'll just sort of sum it up with that kind of, uh, word you know you sort of wonder where these angles like where these particular parties where their votes were were lying and obviously uh 
Cindy Parlocon got the the ones that, that ended up, you know, equating to the most, you know, towards the end. And that's that's what ends up, uh, ends up mattering, I think, in the most in, in the long run, especially, like you said, Lisa, when there has to be this CBA that has to be a, a negotiated, I think it yeah. would have been maybe a little nerve wracking, to say the least, if she wasn't maybe the president that was still in place to help kind of continue, you know, these back and forth kind of, you know, ratifying and, and negotiating between this this next CBA that has to take place with not just one, but two national teams. So um, I'm sure that's something that we're going to have to continue to pay attention to, um, you know, when it comes to the national women's soccer team side of things. Uh, but in terms of uh, back on the pitch, when we're looking at the news dropping globally, in case you missed it, Manchester City are the 2022 Conti Cup winners they won by defeating chelsea 3-1 love a big rivalry win right that ends up in a trophy you had goals from uh carolyn Ware, ellen uh, ellen white and uh, Ch- uh, chelsea sam kerr getting on the board but uh, not enough and uh, it's the fourth time for man city winning the conti comp coming from be- coming from behind actually because it looked like for a second there that chelsea yeah. was going to make this a difficult day yeah, it did. Sam Kerr getting on the board first, but it was a second half showing for Man City yep. uh, coming up, which um, is pretty fun. I mean, this is the first domestic trophy of the season um, and Man City walks away with the win. This is the fourth time they're winning it. Chelsea, they've won it twice before looking for that third win and, and falling short against it. Um, but there was also some uh, momental moments that happened throughout this match, Lucy Bronze, she racked up her 100th Man City appearance for the club. Ellen White, who scored the goal, the third goal for City, uh, that was her 30th career City goal, so pretty big for her. And Carolyn Ware, who had a brace in the game, uh, ultimately winning 3-1 over Chelsea, um, her second goal of the game uh, was her 10th of the season and the last four or excuse me, the last three games where has scored four goals. So it was pretty fun, pretty exciting to watch. Um, I believe Caroline Ware won the women of the match honor after this one, but yes, this was a fun game. It was pretty big win. I think, I mean, I like this rivalry between Chelsea and Man City. And even though like Chelsea got out first and Sam Kerr scored, which not really surprising there, I was impressed with how Man City came back in the second half and, and they were able to win this one, but yeah, props to city on getting this Conti cup win. Yeah. I don't know if, if it's like, it was maybe like the perception of like, you know, score first and, and, and hold things down. I know Chelsea was missing a, Huge presence, right? In in the midfield there, they're mm-hmm. missing somebody like a Justin Fleming. They're missing some pretty key role players. And you can make the argument, right, that uh, maybe it wasn't a full-strength team. But, I mean, you look at Chelsea's roster up and down, and you're just like, there's enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just like, there's there's enough. Uh, so, I mean, uh, congrats to to Man City uh, lift, lifting the cup. I mean, for, like, first one of the year, like you said. So we'll pay attention uh, to a Women's Super League and see how things continue to shake out there across the pond. Let's jump back into NWSL for a little bit and chat a little bit about some news there. NWSL announcing a deal with Delta Airlines, Delta Air, uh, Delta Airlines becoming the official airline and travel partner of the National Women's Soccer League. It's a multi-year partnership. It's the first ever airline sponsor of NWSL. And I got to say, Lisa, 
let's talk about it a little bit before we move on into more NWSL news. When this is when this drops and you sort of like see all the all the words right, all the verbiage that comes out of it, you're like, okay, official airline and travel partner, right? So you're like mm-hmm. you're looking at these releases, and I think right away that kind of signals you're looking for like you're like, oh, this is going to be great for yeah. the players, right? But when we're taking a look at some of these releases, kind of leaving some questions open there, right? Yes, that was uh, honestly my first reaction. Maybe I'm a little over optimistic or I haven't been around long enough. I don't really know. I was like, this is so exciting. The league has an airline partner. The players now have a consistent airline that they get to fly. They have a consistent (laughs) flying schedule, maybe consistent seats, because that's been a huge topic of conversation in the league is players flying and and middle seats and they have to check a bag and it's on their own dime. And it's, there's a lot of things that happened. And, and when I saw this, I was like, wow, did I miss that in the CBA? However <laughs> many times I read or talked about the CBA, did I miss that they yeah. would have more consistent or fair or at least flying abilities that, that were like even across the board for them and their teammates and across the teams? No. So this is a partnership, but financially solely i'm kind of like confused about this because it is the first airline um partnership of the league and starting their 10th year this is about time but from the press releases that i've seen and what's been announced it doesn't mean that the players will be flying delta it doesn't mean that delta will be securing flights or seats for the players in the teams while they're in season traveling to away games. I mean, so that was kind of my initial reaction. I was like super pumped. And then it was like deflating of the balloon as I continued to read the press release. Like, oh, this is just for finances and for the name of it. I mean, what did you think about this? It's a multi-year partnership too. I mean, look, I mean, there's, there's different angles where you could sort of come at to this, right? You can look at it, have, you know, glass half full. You can look at it, glass half empty. There's, there's, and I don't think either are wrong. I think there are truths to either Mm -hmm. side of it, right? Uh, Is it a good thing that the league continues to find ways to ensure that there is money that comes into the league? Yeah, absolutely. 100%, right? Uh, Does it, you know, is it kind of unsettling that this deal doesn't include something with that includes a direct travel implication for its players. Yeah. Like these are all things that could be true at the same time. Right. Neither ones I think uh, right or wrong. Although, uh, you know, additional reporting out there, you know, shout out to, to Meg Lenahan, friend of the podcast, uh, saying that, you know, it doesn't, doesn't rule out sources are saying that it's not ruling out further conversations about that type of angle to work with, uh, you know, with Delta for, for players in terms mm-hmm. of the actual language around flights and travel uh, for, for the players uh, moving forward. But I think with the announcement of this deal, I think it comes following some reporting uh, from Howard Megal on the WNBA, where there was a big story about coming out about, you know, chartered flights and, and the New York Liberty specifically, and trying to utilize their resources to ensure that, uh, you know, their players are always able to, to travel, uh, you know, the, the best way they, they can. And uh, it's just sort of like all of these things kind of coming out adjacent to each other, just sort of, I think maybe, maybe made people sort of want to try to connect some dots or, or feel things some certain kind of way. We're talking 10 years, right. For this league in existence, 
Um, just now finally having, uh, you know, an airline sponsor, right? There's mm-hmm. things to celebrate there, uh, but I'm sure there are, there's also going to be, uh, you know, a contingent and a sector of, you know, followers of the league who are like, gosh, it's been a decade and there's just now going to be, you know, like an airline uh, sponsor. So I think this can only be a good thing when you're looking at the, just sort of the generalization of it and that, hey, Money into the league is always going to be a huge and important thing. And hopefully this will just maybe be the first step of maybe other things that could come along the way um, with a sponsorship deal like this uh, in, in place, you know, and, and obviously there's, there were things with, within the announcement, there's, there's things that are titled that the, that the multi-year deals, yes, it's going to include other opportunities for things like fan engagement. It's right. going to be, you know, in addition to programming for uh, diversity, you know, inclu- uh, in- and inclusion. Uh, so these these are all good things within it. So as it's getting announced, as the the league is entering the tenth year, uh, celebrate it, right? In terms of like it's it is a big uh, big announcement, but there's nothing wrong with with continuing to to want more i think as these uh, announcements uh these types of deals and announcements continue to get announced and, and rolled out uh and to staying with the nwsl and other news uh there's still some signing news to talk about a little bit uh washington spirit uh signing their 2022 draftee tanaya alexander and uh re-signing kelly o'hara to a one-year deal uh, spirit just just locking them up just really yeah. locking them up and looking like they're the team to to chase uh, for 2022 yeah and these deals coming out like after the preseason after the preseason rosters but yeah i mean it's good to see them continuing to sign players give them deals and everything that's happening it just means we're getting one step closer to the start of the season sandra and that's like really what i'm pumped about and there's also been nwsl preseason matches that have been happening and scrimmages we talked about them a little bit in Monday's episode of this week, uh, but more tournaments starting. We, we touched on that Portland was hosting um, and a tournament, a preseason tournament with OL Reign, Chicago Red Stars, and the United States U23 women's national team. That has kicked off. There are actually more games uh, yeah. Tuesday evening. We're, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, and, and the second round of games happened tonight. So stay tuned to those to find out what happened. But um, OL Reign in Portland, they, they opened the the tournament with their little scrimmage 0-0 in the opening match of this tournament um and then Chicago Red Stars and the US U23 team they also tied 0-0 so um interesting off to an interesting start but i think from looking at these games that happened there's a lot of player rotation a lot of yeah. um different players it's looking to get minutes and stuff yes which is what you want to see right yeah. i mean 17 different players featured yeah. for the thorns throughout this one a lot of young players a lot of new players and that's exactly what you want to see so take the score line at uh face value you know with with a grain of salt for sure yeah zero zero scoreless draws you know what they call that they call that preseason baby and it's gonna still, yeah. still got about 10 days to a week or so left of it before we start getting into challenge cup action and we'll have more on that in the future and we're going to actually have more for you after a quick break when we talk a little bit about our mailbag and we'll be right back we are back to answer your questions for those of you who do not know you can ask lisa and i a question and we will answer it 
as part of our mailbag segment. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, we'll answer it. It could be about NWSL, the United States Women's National Team. It could be about my hats. It could be about <laughs> rules, contracts. It could be about, you know, starting 11s, you know, teams, players, whatever. <laughs> but you got to leave the five-star review on Apple Podcasts and you got to leave your question. And we'll stand it. Did you read this before? Because I put in there about your hats and I love that you put it on air. That's listen, listen. <laughs> I love to talk about style and profile and everything else. So, you know, I, I feel like if anything, we almost don't have enough time to ever get into that kind no. of stuff. So if people want us to get more into it, you got to let us know. You got to let us know. Uh, but, you know, when we're looking through some of these questions, uh, we actually like to filter through some of these and, and try to maybe actually find some questions that maybe actually already have some answers. Right. Yeah. And be able to maybe try to give our, you know, not our, uh, our perspective, you know, sort of now that there has sort of been some clarity on these questions, because believe it or not, some of the questions that people have are some of the same questions that Lisa and I have a lot of the times as well. Uh, so we're going to shout out, uh soccer girl 11 here who asked us about julia it's like hey like she's she's been out for a little while she's actually had a, a significant injury for some time uh you know is this the type of injury that could be you know way heavier now more than we possibly knew and honestly it was a fair question and here we are now um, a little further into the into the year, a little uh, closer, right, to the mm -hmm. Challenge Cup happening. And not only that, uh, there has been a preseason that's been in full swing already since February 1. And there have been, uh, you know, preseason rosters that dropped and not only dropped, but got edited, right, ahead of the Challenge Cup that's coming up. And one of the things that happened on the Angel City side of things is that, you know, hey, like they were asked about that and addressed about that. And uh, a player spokes or a spokesperson for the franchise went ahead and said they don't expect Julie Ertz to compete in 2022, but they, however, do have her player rights and are ready when she is to go ahead and welcome her with open arms into the market as part of the Angel City family. So there's not a lot of detail within a statement like that, right? Mm -hmm. In regards to the thing or the root or whatever. But it is confirmation that I think people were speculating a bit about uh, yeah. in terms of are people going to see Julia to play uh, in 2022? And it sounds like that's more of a no than anything yes. else. Yes. And I think that it, as much as like, I, I balance this line as well of like being a fan and wanting to know everything about these players' lives and why aren't they here and what are they doing, but also like this is their lives. And if they come out and make a statement that they don't want to play, we can maybe infer about why that could be, but there's a million different reasons. And it could be her personal life and her personal information to not tell the fans, to not even tell her club. It could be a certain situation there. There are just a lot of different levels to this. Um, her husband, Zach Ertz, got moved. He's now in Arizona, so that could have something to do with it. I mean, at least they're at, both on the West ish coast together there's just like so many different factors coming into this but i think it's pretty safe to say that it, that we will not see julie Ertz in 2022 i mean as of the statement she's made 
uh, and come out and said, and Angel City has agreed with, and the spokespeople have said, um, yeah, not really looking like we're going to see her. And she could still be recovering from that injury that she suffered in 2021. Although she played throughout the Olympics in, in Tokyo, we didn't see her during the regular season for Chicago Red Stars because she was injured and, and trying to recover from that knee injury. Um, and she's taken a beating over the years. There's There could be a lot of different factors as to why she is not stepping onto the pitch this year. Um, but Angel City does have her rights. They made a trade for her with Chicago. So they have her rights. We'll see kind of what happens. As as we know more, we will tell you guys for sure. We'll do our yeah, best. For sure. And uh, we're going to take another one here and shout out uh, TCMIATA who uh, asked us, you know, do the United States women's national team members have to sign uh, contracts directly with the clubs now? Um, did the allocation slash paid by U.S. soccer concept officially go away? Should we be expecting these deals to be published? And obviously what we're seeing is the answer to that is uh, is yes. There is what we've been hearing in the news lately that we've been reading now that the agreement to a settlement has been in place, right, for the United States women's national team and U.S. soccer in the previous lawsuit is that a CBA has to be ratified. That is the next step, right? So with the 24 million settlement that got agreed to with 22 million uh, in back pay and a $2 million um, fund to sort of uh, maintain and help and support um, former players and future players in their retirements uh, will be in place. That also include a promise uh, for equal pay that was going to be contingent on ratifying a new CBA. And what we know is within previous CBA and now probably likely into the future that the U.S. allocation system is something that is likely no longer to be in place as U.S. soccer is still partnered with NWSL, but not in a managing sense. So what we've seen over the course of this offseason are a ton of new contracts for in the past players who were considered uh, or labeled as United States allocated players. Right. So, yeah. Sam Uis, right, was probably that first player kind of kicking things off as 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 a, a trade was made for her with between Kansas City and North Carolina Courage. Um, and then we saw a really, really big one with Chicago Red Stars signing four former national team caliber players uh, to club-specific contracts with Tierna Davidson, Alyssa Nair, Mallory Pugh, Casey Kruger as well. Uh, and today, uh, as we just talked about, uh, you know, Washington Spirit going ahead and signing – Kelly O'Hara to a one-year deal uh, to keep her uh, in place with, with Washington Spirit for 2022. So this is this is a trend that uh, we really saw get kicked off, you know, kind of last year, but really sort of kind of taking on a new um, kind of regular kind of sense of normalcy moving forward uh, into, into 2022. And we're going to continue to see it moving, you know, in, into the future, I'm sure, as well. Yes, I this trend will continue and and players will be signing with their clubs. Um it's for sure. I, I foresee that happening, but other players still have contracts like yeah. to kind of live out. So that's another turn of of this coin. And it's why it hasn't all happened with every single player right now at this moment. Because if you sign a two-year deal to your contract last year, you still have to live out another year of that. So give it uh, the next few years, the next several years before all of these players kind of trade over to their, their club team. And then as the CBA hopefully comes out between men's women's side and us soccer at the national team level, 
I think we could also see some changes then again once that happens. But of course, there's no timeline for that. And and those conversations are going to take a long time. It's been talked about already for such a long time. So to actually find a conclusion and come to that, it's going to take a little bit longer. But um, I like these questions that we got today, Sandra. A little personal questions about Julie Ertz and, and what her status is about contracts and U.S. soccer national team. Hit us, guys. We love these questions for our mailbag segment. We want to hear from all of you guys about them, whatever it is, Sandra's hats, you know, our wish list starting 11. We got one before, I think uh, many months ago when we were doing these, that was like, okay, you can't pick um, these seven players, but yeah. which players do you want to create your U S women's national team starting 11 from? And then they can't all be young players and they have to be this. There was like a lot of different qualifiers. We had a lot of fun with that. So anything that you're wondering about, you're curious about, leave us a question on Apple podcast with a five-star review. And we're going to answer it during our mailbag segment, because we like these. And as the season's starting up again, we're getting rosters out pre-seasons. Um, the FAWSL is, is continuing. Ask us all the questions. We're here to answer them. I love it. I'm 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 going to be looking for a question from you specifically, probably about my hats, Lisa, because you bring them up. So let's let's do it. Let's I love let's your start, hat. Let's start That's integrating why. more like sports athleisure wear style type questions totally. on this show. Let's do it. I'm totally. I'm here for it. Thank you for introducing it, Lisa. We're going to start doing more of it. Thank you, everybody, for listening along to our episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third for so much more. We're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your shows. Again, leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a question, and we'll answer it during the mailbag segment. We're available as video. Subscribe to us. Visit YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. And we will be back on Friday with so much more. If you haven't already, here's a quick plug. Celebrating Women's History Month with Title IX Tuesday, we've got interviews with United States Women's National Team midfielder Sam Lewis and WNBA coach Sandy Brondello. Check those out on our feed. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Tips.